This episode of the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast is brought to you by Patreon and Phoenix Shaving. You are listening to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Call Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder. When you when you did that intro, like a flock of birds just they just flew yeah, up. yeah, just it was like, an octave too high. Yeah. Um, with me, as usual, is the Don yes. Donovan Fowler, and uh, joining us as a guest host today is uh, Gilbert uh, Gallon. How do you Ooh, say it? Galon? I, I think I like the French Canadian way. Yeah. Galon. It? It's uh, I think in the Philippines it's Galon. Galon. But you say Galon. 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 By the way, guys, check out patreon.com slash Jet Scofflaw. What's this? We got a we got a new patron <laughs> here. Yeah. We gotta pull up yeah, the web go. browser. What does it say here? Uh by the way, pot Gentleman's Cough Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. <laughs> Gotta get that in there. Yeah, just in case you in case were wondering forgot. where you were. <laughs> what is this podcast? Yeah. The intro is so different. Just in it's case so... you were looking for something else, this is us. This is taking too long. Don't go on there. Your internet's slow, too. Oh, <laughs> oh you're on our old internet. Oh, uh, that's why. Don't worry about it. All right. Um, how are you guys doing? Awesome. Awesome. I don't yeah. believe you. I don't, oh, believe you. I don't know why. I'm doing great. I'm I'm just rocking and rolling this week. Rocking and rolling? Yeah. How about you, Gilbert? But I'm doing okay. You know? Okay. I'm going to try to match your energy this whole time. I'm <laughs> actually really excited. I want to scream, but I feel like it won't match the energy in the room. Right <laughs> I, you know what? We can shake it up. This is becoming like an NPR show now. <laughs> I know. It has, really. It's the, the- I'm not going to lie, guys. When, I, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, why? I'm not a. I don't. First of all, I was so scared. I was like, I don't even know what a scofflaw is. <laughs> so I looked it up. He Googled I was, it. I, I had to Google it. That's how how much of a non scofflaw I am. How much of not of a rebel I am. But you are a Renaissance man. I right? am a Renaissance. Okay, man. that's yeah. why we asked you. That's yeah. why we, asked you. we got. You know, sometimes we're a little bit too much of the rebel. We should have a balancing. Have Gilbert do a foodie review on this show. Oh, we man, that'd have. be great. Well, I feel like Gilbert. I'm being mocked right now, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I only paid $5 for the month to subscribe to this bullshit. <laughs> what do I get? A free <laughs> koozie? <laughs> no, you get flip-flops. Oh, wow. Yeah. Check out the patreon.com. That, that, that may not that's be not true. Accurate. This yeah. whole podcast is <laughs> ad for your Patreon, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so we can sell our merch. Uh, we, got, we do a little thing here. Here called housekeeping. Uh, yes. oh. talk, what are we? What are we? What are we drinking there, uh, Gilbert? What, we got uh, there? what we have here is a Conor McGregor proper twelve whiskey in uh, <laughs> a coffee bean <laughs> mug. <laughs> Guys, I'm on a diet. No, I can't not, drink. A, not even a coffee bean mug. It's a coffee bean cup. Yeah, this is okay for the ocean, right? No. Oh yeah, absolutely. Probably not. Oh, okay, it's probably okay. Conflicting. It's biodegradable. As long as you cut it in half, then fish won't get their heads stuck in it. Biodegradable. Oh, cool. Because I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> sorry, well, Nemo. Isn't it funny. It's like, didn't we hear growing up that sharks are basically just swimming garbage cans? So why don't we just let them eat the garbage island? 
Just, just, just populate. Do you guys have sludge from Fern Gully? <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, that's the nice second Fern Gully reference I've heard today. Oh my gosh. Also, do you guys have a fact checker? Uh, yeah. Or do you guys we're just working put on out? it. We're, we're, we're working on it. Well, go to our Patreon, then we can get a fact checker. You know? We can afford one. Reach our goal. <laughs> um, all right. And what you, Donovan? What do you got there? Uh, I got uh, the uh, uh, what is it? The pomegranate white tea. Ooh. Which is very apropos, given yeah, our, our yeah. guest. Our guest today. today. Is, uh, it's a little tease for our guest. A little tease for oh, uh, so much. the great uh, Waco Jilink. Yes. Uh, yeah, just switch just that reverse around. Him. Reverse it. <laughs> switch that. Reverse it. Is he a tea guy? Is he that, is. He has okay. his own Oh, yeah. He tea. has his own. Oh, he, wow. He, That's what it is. For such Lynch. a hardcore human being, you wouldn't expect him to be so enthusiastic about pomegranate white <laughs> tea, but he is. For sure coffee, I thought. Coffee no, guy. I think I think I think coffee is I think I, I actually I should go back and research this, but I think coffee may be too much for Jocko. I think he finds it that the crash is too much. Too much. Maybe I don't get a crash with coffee. I get crashed with anything with sugar in it. I get a crash with coffee. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Also, but, I'm being recorded right now. <laughs> what is this oh janky ass studio I'm in right now? <laughs> Guys, for, I'm in a living for room. For those of I you was, who <laughs> don't have a video feed, which is everybody listening to this, uh, check out our Patreon. Gilbert We're trying to get a video. He's holding up uh, an, an XLR cable that's not plugged in. It's not. Yeah. Uh, this used to go to our mixer that stopped working properly <laughs> it does, today. It does totally look like so. you're just <laughs> talking into a mic that's not like, plugged in. These though. assholes. <laughs> Record the whole show. No, you're, you're like the you're like the interviewer walking around in the Oscars <laughs> with the with the mic that's not plugged in, and you're just like, ooh, like no camera yeah. or anything. It's like, oh, that guy thinks he's special. Do I even bother talking about what we I'm drinking should, and smoking yeah. yes, here? Yeah, I was actually uh, gonna I was gonna ask you, Jordan, what are you uh, drinking and smoking? Uh, I just today? cracked open a. This is a, you told me about this, Donald. This is yeah. a Bolts Wayne. <laughs> I think it's pronounced uh, HLV uh, ale. Bozen. Heavy lift Bozen, I think. Yeah, it's very. Maybe. It's kind of chocolatey. I don't know how to. Is it? It's it's at the. That's not. Uh, it's not the chocolate style, but. No. Something but about it. Gives weird. Me a heavy chocolate. lift. I, I haven't. I've have not tried that. It's it's HLV ale. I'm going to take a sip. And it's a uh, heavy lift vessel. Yeah, I don't know. That's oh, what that's, I get. Let's all, let's nice. all just take all a sip. I'll, I'll yeah. take a little sip. Too. Take a little sip of it. Yeah, even though it's it's lent for you, Mister Mister. It's Cadillac. not lent yet. Oh, by the way, I have an open cut in my mouth. Chocolate. You haven't opened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do I even get AIDS? <laughs> what you're telling me? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Bingo, okay. bingo. It's this all the same. Be a bonding experience. We're all in the hospital together. Holding hands. Holding hands. You know what? I'm glad you're Doctor Phil. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me. I gotta get to what I'm smoking, yeah, okay. and we can move God. on with this uh, yes. damn intro. Yes. And All we right. have to pass that around too. <laughs> I've got some. Put it right in my cold spot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've got some vanilla custard from Tobacco Junction. Okay, and my uh, gentleman, uh, g- country gentleman pipe. Yes, corncob pipe by Aristocob. Yep, who gave this to me. We're gonna give some away too the, this episode. The the corn cob pipe is a wonderful place to start. It's uh, it's it's super simple and. And great for beginners. Beginners and experienced pipe smokers alike. That's just like your typical, like, what you'd think of a pipe tobacco with a little bit of vanilla amped up. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, the first pipe tobacco I ever got, which was basically just rum and vanilla. 
when you were 12? Yeah, exactly. No, when I was five. <laughs> How do you think I got this voice? <laughs> just, I just want to hang out with you guys. I want to learn everything about pipes. You want to learn pipes? Yeah. I'll, we'll we'll I mean, do it next episode when you're not yeah, training. For sure, yeah. Bikes. We'll get, you, uh, we'll, we'll get an, uh, an interview with somebody who could, who could teach you about teach you about the finer things. I mean, I do some kind of hard, I do some hard stuff. I do cigarillos, Swisher Sweets. You do some micro dosing. Swisher Sweets. Swisher Sweets. That was one of my first tobacco experiences. I thought I was so cool in high school uh, smoking Swisher Sweets. That was the way. Yeah. And then I, and I grew up <laughs> and I still do it yeah. and I still and smoke I still, Swisher Sweets. And like as I light up a Swisher Sweets, ooh, great. <laughs> That's what Johnny Boy smokes. Oh yeah, he does he smokes smoke cloves and I will say, I, I I found myself much more partial to uh, you know a smaller cigar like like something that's like a little bit more Clint Eastwood as opposed yeah. to you know a big old stogie. It's kind of used yeah. to what you're holding in your hands. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, whoa. shots fired! Whoa, cock shots jokes fired. right off the bat. Shots. Jordan's <laughs> favorite. We may have to do the next podcast. Rem- I may have to do it remotely. <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling on this guy. Oh man, we sort of sort of skated over it. Jocko Willink, Navy SEAL author, podcaster, black belt in Brazilian jitsu. He'll be on later on. Wow. Um, is that a disclaimer? In there I bet somebody's got to keep what, it going. What if he doesn't pick up and you guys call him though? It's probably it's Ooh, very possible. That, would, that you know, to sometimes be, you just got to roll the dice. To be fair, um, he has no business doing our podcast. <laughs> yeah. I was he, about to say, he, why is he doing this podcast? He'd be perfectly justified in not, not answering our call. You know, yeah, it would be um, like a, it, it would be like uh, you know that that girl's number that you get, uh, and then you and then you call her like a week later, and it turns out it was. Just the weather line or whatever. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a Whoa, very you specific. Gotta, you got to pass, bro. <laughs> what, yeah. what is this story? Oh, gosh, let's not get into it, guys. Keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Hey, yeah. have you guys seen this on uh, on the interwebs? This is a, what were you going to add? What's happening right now? <laughs> it's not an ad. Like Jordan has the laptop all to himself, so oh, he's asking, it. "Have you seen this?" And we can't see ex- what he's. You talking guys about. got the show notes. Okay, I'll turn oh, the yeah. laptop over to you. Show notes is off the cuff. Actually, you know what? I should have my phone. No, well, this is this- uh, a phone case that is also a spoon. Um, slash fork. It oh is a phone gosh. case spork um, okay. that's been going around the, the Twitterverse. Um, I uh, wanted to see what you guys uh, what you guys thought of that. Is that you as a foodie there, Gilbert? Is that something that I, you would? Uh, uh, to me, this just looks dumb. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that they have so many Asians using this. Look, I feel like <laughs> they're putting a general blanket statement over. Uh, let, let's let, let, let's give. I'm a offended little, right now. Let's actually. give a little bit of context. So. <laughs> It's a phone case with mm-hmm. a with a fork and spoon attachment yep. so yeah. that you can like imagine you're eating a bowl of cereal. You have the cere- bowl of cereal in one hand and you have your phone in another. Basically, what you do is you take the spoon attachment, which is on the bottom of your phone, yep. and you use it as for its So you, your purpose. eyes don't have to leave the phone exactly. while you're shoveling. Although your eyes do leave, leave the phone. phone yeah. But I guess you're, the, <laughs> the amount of time you're away from your phone is severely decreased. <laughs> My God. I mean, the civilization. The that we, fork. And with a PH. I mean, it's cool. Uh, oh, no, that's not an A. Great. They're out there making the pronunciation <laughs> yeah. like it's for a fob act, Asian accent. Yeah. <laughs> a spawn of hawk. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fed. Jordan, don't ever put this in my face again. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't create it. I think you did. <laughs> I, I want to say, I will say, I do think this this is this is something the the Japanese excel at. Oh, because, for sure. Because I I recently uh, saw that they had a I think a phone case that was like very much like this, but you could fill it up with whatever your treats were so that your, your fingers wouldn't get greasy as oh you were, gosh. uh, or no, what was it? It was like something like that. It was like, it was basically just so you wouldn't get anything on your fingers so that you could still use your phone. And, uh, I was like, well, that's, uh, that's one way of going about life. And then you still mm-hmm. use your phone on the toilet after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. It's disgusting. <laughs> They'll figure out a way to, to, yeah, in, implement the toilet paper into the phone. And, and yeah, oh. we'll see that happen. All right. So you, would you would you would you use one of these? Nope. No. All right. Uh, yes, you would. All right. <laughs> Just because it's telling Good. me I have to because of my race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the subliminal messaging is, is fine. I'll get one. With a selfie stick. With a selfie stick. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Stick. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have selfie sticks? No. Never, Never used one. Never. Although I do get the uh, the practical measure for. Well, no, I have long arms, so I don't need one. <laughs> wow, that was all set up to not to not be humble. To not be humble. I'm very privileged. Long arms. Long arm privilege. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember that it became a big issue with like in museums and stuff. People were bumping into things with their selfie sticks. And yeah, that's true. And it also makes you look very, very lonely. If like you have to kind of have no shame because sometimes yeah. people will just walk around with. <laughs> What was it? One guy, I remember seeing a meme with a guy who literally it was just a broomstick. Like he didn't even have the wherewithal to like go out and find a, you know, you get them at the Dollar Tree. I know, yeah. But he, he DIY, really? Have, have you ever seen people that do that? They'll DIY things that take more time and they're more yeah. expensive than what you would just buy at the store. Like I remember somebody did that with a fidget spinner. They were like, oh, they were like I'm going to, I'm going to make my son a fidget spinner. Part of it was a joke, but it was like by the end of it, he was like, yeah, I, I have spent way too much time and money on this. I had a friend in high school who wouldn't spend money on guitar picks. I thought they he, were a racket, so he so would he use his, his bus passes and he would cut out little guitar picks. Yo, he's cool. He was trying <laughs> he's to be cool. he was he was trying to be special. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, guys, check this out. I'm gonna play Blackbird. Hold on, let me give me five <laughs> minutes really quick. Let me cut a pick out first. Oh, you guys are gone? All right. I feel oh, like but somebody invented though, like a hole punch that's for guitar picks that you use old credit cards for. And I'm like, well, why mm. would how's that? I don't know. Picks I, are I, like Three yes. for a dollar. What's the point? It's also like who, like you. In that case, you'd have to keep the old credit cards around, mm. so that if you, like, you know, it's yeah, you're right. You got to plan that out in advance. You're right, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, you're right. you win. Okay, let's find, relax. Let's find these Jesus. people on Amazon and give them a bad review. We should. We <laughs> yeah. should. From the gentleman's club let's destroy podcast. this this product. Uh, Donovan, you were telling me about uh, this twenty three and Me, which it's funny because my dad called yeah. me. That's a segue. What we call segue in the yes. podcasting world. Yes, yes. Uh, Gilbert doesn't know anything about this. What, this what is, is that? What's is happening him. right now? I thought we were talking about the spoon fork thing still. No, I'm no. Panicking. We've moved on. We've moved on. That didn't yield very many good. I did. <laughs> spoon fork thing didn't yield very great. great <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the gold that you were looking no, for. No, it was. I mean, it kind of just was what it was. You know, it served its purpose. It served its purpose. It's following this amazing story you're about to tell. Yeah, I, that's I, a segue that I'm going to try to remember because I feel like I prepared the story like two weeks ago and then we didn't use it. So what? Ha- like, we're figure it out. my dad this week texted yeah. me his 23andMe results. Yes. 
and my mom's results. And for people who may not be so savvy, what is 23andMe again? So 23andMe is basically uh, an ancestry site yes. where you spit into a tube, you mail it in, they test your DNA and tell you what your genetic makeup is. Nice. Is that right? I think that's correct. If you're interested, use the promo code TigerBelly. Be twenty three. That'll actually work. So. <laughs> It'll work. How much? How much do they get it's for that? Twenty percent off. Oh, that's yeah, pretty good. That's pretty good. Bucks, yeah, right? hundred bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks. Not off. bad. Not nice. Um, so, um, it turns out that I'm mostly Irish and English, yes. and then French, German. Yes. yes. Check, check, check. And then somewhere under, I guess my dad's point one percent uh, sub-Saharan African. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, but I think that just means South African, right? Which is mostly br- like Brits. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Afrikaners mm. or whatever. Isn't it like Afri- Dutch? Afrikan. Yeah, Afrikan, Dutch. Afrikan, yeah. Afrikan. Just, just imagine uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Blood Diamond. You got it. Yeah. That's Jordan. So I'm as yeah. white as yeah. they come. There's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing there. That's you, got really a bit of, you know, you got red uh, in there's, your beard. There's a little bit of Spanish and Portuguese, but uh, I don't know. Not much. A Portuguese. So I'm just a born. <laughs> white guy a portuguese yeah. one a portuguese, portuguese did i always i always think, i always think back to the family guy joke where it's like he's like it's like a goose sitting on a porch and then he goes that's what i thought a portuguese was me and my brain and we're just getting started i like that one yeah. did you find out anything else joke. other than your dna like uh people are more likely to not like cilantro or no i didn't i just got a screenshot of the of my genetic race makeup that's it what was the uh, thing with cilantro makeup? again like there's like a there's it tastes a like thing. soap apparently right but i feel like if it tastes like soap then you yeah. have a problem isn't it yeah. like how some people for some s- people for some people yeah, yeah. Okay. A weak human, basically. For some reason, I thought it was like a disease or something. Like, it was like, if, if your cilantro tastes like soap, you may have a brain tumor. Really? Well, that's a big I, job, that man. That's, that's a really probably, big job. I'm not a doctor, by the way. <laughs> get out of here. I'm no doctor. <laughs> I'm no doctor. But, but if you eat cilantro, you'll get a brain tumor. <laughs> I, I have been on WebMD before, so. Oh, man. Everybody gets on WebMD. It all leads to cancer on there. It's completely useless. Yeah, true. Every yeah. time I've. Looked up something. It's Don't like, listen to this. You'll get your cancer. Is this UTI or cancer? I can't you, tell. They're the same symptoms. 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 Wait, I, I still want the story. Yeah. What's this? What's the okay, same? So why, are us, why are you teasing us? Why are you teasing us? I just wanted to lay some groundwork for what Twenty Three and Me was. Twenty Three and Me. I don't even know where that title. Like, where where does that name come from? I don't know. Oh, Twenty Three Strands of DNA. Oh, there we go. Okay. And also, you I made that. I made that up. I bet you you're right. You're probably hey, right. Man, you just say things with confidence. It's probably right. You're like uh, Leonardo. You're Leonardo DiCaprio from Blood Diamond, and you're Leonardo DiCaprio from Catch Me If You Can. Dang. I can't wait to find out which one you are. Let's, <laughs> let's hear the story first. Then I'm we'll, Billy and Zane will, from no, Titanic. No, no, me and Jordan yeah. will decide. Okay, You're the fucking villain from Titanic. Yeah, you exactly. This is what people tell me all the time. So, you know, Damn. If one of you wants to turn into Leonardo DiCaprio from Titanic, we can, you know. Duke it out. Yeah, we can make this happen. Anyways, so we should get to my story. It's really good, Which guys. I'm trying to remember now. I'm, I'm trying to Okay, so. Uh, 23andMe, obviously, yes, an ancestry program. And, uh, uh, there was a, there was, there's a Reddit page, I think called like this week in, you're gonna have to bleep this out, but I think it's called like this week in fucked or something <laughs> like, or no, this week in fucked up. 
That's what it is. And uh, oh, is there no cursing on this? No, nah, it's fine. Okay, Tech- let's put that you little open explicit. the floodgates. <laughs> 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 open the floodgates. Can you please so, warn me next time? Dad, <laughs> I apologize, but I had to give the Reddit page. This is a family show. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. We're good. I oh, retract oh, everything I said. Fourteen kids. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> and also check out this week in. No. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, th- this. Uh, my my coworker told me about this. Apparently, this guy he did a twenty three and Me uh, test, and he got his girlfriend to do it too. And they were both from the same town, and they were both relatively oh. the same age. Jeez. Oh, and uh, anyways, long story short, they got the results back, and they found out that they were brother and sister, and that wow. they both came from the same sperm donor. Oh, jeez. Wow. Was, who was, uh, it was like a relatively small community. I mean, I guess, yeah. So, so, anyways, <clears throat> they had been dating for like a year. Oh, yeah. geez. You, oh. You, 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 you connect the dots on that one. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, they connected the dots apparently. They sure did. And, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. It was, it was a little unfortunate, unfortunate, an unfortunate story, but there have been like horse. So, so anyways, the point is, is that like on this Reddit page, they have like 23 and me horror stories where like people will get their DNA results back and they'll find out that they have brothers and sisters in like other parts of the country that they don't even know about. And it's because their dad had like, has a second family, wow. you know? So it's like, it's, it's like revealing all this, you know, scandal and stuff and webs of lies. They should just call it web of lies. That's what it should be. <laughs> Red.com slash web of lies. 23 me, you should consider rebranding after this. Oh, man, my, so sorry to bring down the room with that. No, one, but. Well, let's keep that train going. I'm going to paint it down even more. <laughs> yeah, okay. My roommate, my old roommate. Uh, so he took, uh, what's not, it's not 23 me. What's the other one? Ancestry.com. I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he did that. And then he found out he had like five half brothers and sisters, and he did not know that he was uh, from a sperm donor. He probably his parents never told him. He's, oh, okay. yeah. Got so it. he called his mom to confront her, and then she kind of like broke down. I was like, "Yeah, I didn't want to tell you guys." Then he asked, "Is my actual brother my brother? His like older brother, who he's his closest with?" And he yeah. finds out, no, he's his half brother. And this guy has already was struggling with like being like alone not yeah. having anyone with him. And he thought his, he had one real family member, which was his brother. And he found out it was half mm. and like shut him down for like a month. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting phenomenon, you know? Like, I don't, I always yeah. wonder like, cause with, I always wonder how that would affect me if I was told that I was adopted this late in life. Mm. Like what would, what would my reaction be? I'm like, cause I, I've, I had, a, I'll admit I haven't had a, like a super hard upbringing. I've had decent yeah. parents, so yeah. I don't know if it's something that right. I'd be like, well, they raised me. I yeah. don't know. What, I, I've you, never you been You know what? It. This is good. Let's play this out. You'll be his yeah. father. I'll be the mother. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. Yes, mom? Pull up your pants, you stupid boy. <laughs> what is this sagging? My, my mom has never said that, but okay. Me, and, right, me, and, me and papa have to tell you something. Yeah. Uh-oh. What yeah. is it? Uh, this is very difficult to. Uh, this is a very difficult subject to breach, Jordan. He has an uh, envelope. <laughs> envelope. Just take right. the envelope. Open it up and see what you want. Read the. <laughs> read the letter. It, this is a. This is a letter from Compassion Ministries. It says we have a. I have a. 
I have an African sister and <laughs> Sub- Sub-Saharan <laughs> African. That's one percent is really twenty-five <laughs> percent. Well, to be fair, we Jordan. To be fair, we didn't know you were adopted. Yeah, we didn't know. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did How did that happen? Well, for me, it was amnesia, <laughs> and for your mother. I was fully aware. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Bye bye. (laughs) And see. There we go. I feel like that went pretty well. Yeah, it was probably. I think it took that pretty well. Yeah. 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 I guess I'd be all right with being adopted. (laughs) (laughs) Compassion (laughs) ministry. Cut to tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be rough, but we all got problems, right? Yeah. It's the least compassionate. Thing. I just can't go there in you my head. Problems. I just can't go there in my head. I That's guess tough, identity yeah. crisis would be mm. what first comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, but you look exactly like your dad. True. Or at least Although, from no, pictures, because I, I look like I don't Billy know what your Zane. Mom like, I look man. like Billy Zayden. He looks like uh, the uh, sidekick from uh, Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> So that really? that doesn't add up. <laughs> I like must the, be adopted. Like, like what's his name? The uh, neighbor. The neighbor. No. Uh, what is wait, his name? The, Al oh, Borland. The bigger Al guy. Borland, the bigger yeah, guy. Yeah. People. People always uh, will always say my daddy that looks like John Kassar, who's the producer of Twenty Four, or Al Borland. I don't even oh, know what John Kassar so is. Specific. I, we were big Twenty Four fans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so big that we were on the producer's IMDb profiles. <laughs> No, exactly. took a picture exactly of my like dad. That. We had to buy the IMDb Pro just to access that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, All right, uh, let's go. <laughs> let's let's take a quick break and go to a little segment we call listener mail. All right. Um, as you know, you can help support the show for free if you don't want to join us on Patreon, right? You can leave an iTunes review. That's free. Yep. Wow. That's free, right? Oh, yeah. You leave us a review, and it helps with I mean, our search it, rankings. It helps people know that the show isn't complete crap. It's crap, but yeah. it's not all, completely. It's all just time, you know? All just time <laughs> and effort to t- type out, you know, how many words do you think that is? 25 know. words? 25 words. Yeah. Do you guys always get good comments? Uh, no. no. Oh, okay. Not. Never no, mind. That was. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? It keeps us fresh. <laughs> keeps Donovan, us fresh. How would you read us that first? It's a lot of there. fun. <clears throat> okay, so this is from iTunes. Oh, Yikes! <laughs> so this um, this is a uh, this is from a guy. Wait. Oh no, no. That's from the that's from the episode. Don't chew popcorn. Updated, which yes. uh, I think. Most people know what that reference is. Last episode, we had a bunch of uh, reviews from people uh, complaining about Johnny Boy eating popcorn while we were recording the podcast. It was unbearable. It was so unbearable, I couldn't even listen to it. So I commiserate with all. And we banished Johnny because of it. Johnny's not around anymore because we put him in exile. Yeah, we did. After that. That's that actually episode. not true. We we love Johnny. Wait, he hasn't but, been on back. He hasn't been back on since. It's, it's no, been about. I, I want to say it's been about that long. So <laughs> wow. could, that could actually add up. Anyways, yeah. so this this reviewer has given us five stars, which we deserve. And uh, <laughs> so humble, this guy. Reviewer's name is Snake Two Two Eight. Very badass name. What does the two two eight mean? Oh, maybe February twenty eighth. I was thinking that. <gasps> That's tomorrow. I shouldn't. I shouldn't I don't, say. I don't think we need to spend too much time on <laughs> yeah, the yeah. number in this. I want to break down avatar. everything about this. <laughs> Anyways, 2017. <laughs> Snake two two eight says, "Listened for the Go Ruck one and finally got it. 
Thanks for the shout out and welcome to the GRT family. I am now an avid listener and cigar enthusiast. So, yeah, there we go. I know. So he updated his negative review. Uh, listener saved is a listener earned. There you go. Yeah. Classic saying. Yeah, Ben Franklin. All right. This is this was a comment we got uh, from Mark Hansen. I'll read, read this one. Uh, he says, <laughs> "Hey, this guy's got jokes. He's got hey. jokes. Hey. Benjamin Franklin. I just say what's on my brain. So that's all I do. Oh man. <laughs> so Mark Hansen says, "I enjoy the variety of subjects that your podcast covers. This last episode really uh, tripped one of my hot buttons." Now, take this with a grain of salt, as I admit that this is my personal bias. The overuse of the word like. It is a trap that is easy to fall into and one that feel, feels uh, runs counter to the overall image that your podcast puts forward. Um, that out of the way, keep them coming. Your podcasts are something that I listen to on Stitcher to make my daily commute. A bit more bearable. Like, what do you guys think? I don't know. Where, I don't know. I don't know where he's getting What's, that from. Do you think like he's talking like about because um, <laughs> yeah. we just like we do like a lot of reviews and we like a lot of things, right? Yeah, like like for the likes. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you I guys mean, you ca- do you guys uh, catch yourself saying things you don't like saying off yeah. filler words? I I have like and uh, that. Like, uh. I, I like I know <laughs> that, I, that I'll use like, uh, I'll use like a lot to 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 fill, but I feel like well, you know what's Phil, one I've that been better. The one, uh, somebody's trying to <laughs> the wife is out of the into cage. our studio. Ladies, 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 is is live. Yeah, <laughs> bring me a cheesecake. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> the Ma, I think the one thing that I say a lot during interviews, is I just go, I just say, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have, I have picked up on that, that sometimes. And, uh, yeah. And I've heard some people, the one that I see here going around a lot these days is people say they respond with absolutely to everything. Mm. <laughs> I uh, heard that a lot. Yeah, I know someone that says that a lot. That is Devon Logan. Oh. <laughs> there's a there's a certain. We both know, but there's other people that do that. Nope. I hear it everywhere now. No, I do. I say interesting, and interesting. I generally mean it because yeah. I don't know a lot of stuff. So I'll be like, oh, interesting. Hmm. I should change it up though. I picked up this habit of what's the what's the word that that uh, our our mutual friend, the Indian pastor. He will use. Is that a rapper a name? No, 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 no. For the Indian pastor. <laughs> no, this is literally an Indian. Uh, oh, it's like actually. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he we have like know. millions of TV viewers in India? Yeah, we should have him on the podcast. Um, <laughs> That'd be a, a very vibrant. Show. Tell him about that Reddit page I found. Uh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember what the filler was, but I picked it up after a while, and I hated myself for it. Because I used to drive him around, and I used his his filler word used to drive me crazy. What was it? <laughs> Did oh he also gosh. take you shopping? Maybe he just kept saying, Couldn't "Decide on a shirt." <sighs> that was purgatory. <laughs> Would he that just was... be talking, be like, "Yeah, an Indian pastor said it." It's like <laughs> the jobs we take in L.A. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I'll think of it. I'll think of it, and I'll I'll say it. But yes, to to answer your question, listener, I've been trying to. <laughs> excise the word like from my vocabulary. I'm working on it. I don't feel that we'd say it often. I used to. I used to. I was going to make it a joke on the show. Were you? At some point. Yeah, I was going to make it a joke that that was going to be like my New Year's resolution. Mm. (laughs) 
What was your New Year's resolution? And have you I had a, sui- I had a suicide pact with a guy. Ooh, nice. Didn't follow through. <laughs> well, I don't fails. know what happened to him, but no. no I'm kidding. Yeah, he hasn't been taking my calls. <laughs> yeah. Jordy, pick up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Carter, come on. Find, we a deal. Find my iPhone. Yeah. Log into his account. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> this, this episode brought to you by Find My iPhone. Hey, all right, guys, I got to go uh, take a shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, you guys deal with this next segment uh my cousin pierre will be right here okay men or women this one's for you let me take a second to talk to you about goruck now you've heard us on this show talk about their awesome endurance events which are you know great for fitness and team building but of course they are known for their amazing gear some of the best gear in the world actually I myself own a GR1 rucksack for all my rucking and training. I also have one of their uh, 30-pound ruck plates, which is so convenient because I could just drop it in the laptop compartment on my bag, and I have a weighted ruck. It's super cool. But one of my all-time favorite things that they offer are their sandbags. Now, if you've never trained with a sandbag, you're in for a treat. I love that you can keep it in the trunk of your car and take it to the park, and you have a gym anywhere. Ever try doing sandbag man-makers with 60 pounds? I mean, you get a fun and very hard training session in really quickly. Um, It's a big bag of suck in all the right ways. Now, even if you're not in the rucking, they have tons of sleek apparel for the outdoors in addition to their gear uh, that is tough as nails and built to military standards. Also, their apparel and gear offer their scars a lifetime warranty. So you buy the item once and that's it. You're set for life. But you know what the greatest thing is about GORUCK? All of it is made in the good old USA and by special forces veterans, mind you. It doesn't get more badass than that. That's right, America. To check out GORUCK gear, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK and anything you buy through that link helps support the show. That's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK. Whether it's for your fitness regimen, your, you know, your outdoor lifestyle, or just, you know, a great bag for everyday carry, um, you're going to want to check them out. Go Ruck, built in the USA. All right. Well, Jordan yeah, has he, officially left the room yeah. to do what exactly what he said he was going to do. Do you think he's going to pee or is he doing a number two? What kind of guy is he? I think he's a guy who does exactly what he says, says he's going to do. And, One uh, and two at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the idea. So I, uh, <laughs> I wish him the best. I don't know. Hey, hello. Hello, my good oh friends. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Jeez. Great voice. You? How are you? Hey, Donovan. How's it going? Do I know you? Yes. We we met before at the uh, Christmas party for Jordan and Lassie. Uh, oh, a- yeah. Jordan and Lacey. Yes. Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dog. Uh, you know, I feel like I would have remembered your accent, but where are you? From? Where, where? Well, wait. Sorry, I'm sorry. What is your name, sir? My name is uh, Pierre, uh, Pierre Archambault. I am uh, from right. Quebecois. Rochambeau. Uh, Franchement, you know that. We, we, we met before. Yeah, I hear people from Quebec are kind of like the white trash of, of, of the French-speaking world. I'm just now, saying. Don't you say that. I'm just saying that whoa. a lot of like like Parisians might find your accent a little rough. That is that is very derogatory. Whoa. And you don't say that to me, okay? Whoa, he just pulled out a knife. Man, I just take it easy, man. Oh, God. We're, now, we're good. I carry we're good. my knife with me yeah. just on I need it, okay? 
Juste en cas. Just in what? I, I never know. Juste just, en cas. Just, just en quoi? In case a guy like, just en cas. One more time? Juste en cas, tabarnak. Oh my gosh, please, please. <laughs> in case I needed to take out a guy like you. A guy like me? Yes, a guy like you. Okay. What well, do you mean by a guy like him? Are you racially profiling him? Yeah. I am, because he's English, okay? I don't know what you are. <laughs> But I don't hey like man, English. Hey man, take that's, a guess. That's racist. What are you? Mais What are you like? French, Canadian, and Amish at the Ke- same time? Québécois is what I am. Okay, I'm okay. not Canadian, as you say. Can- oh, I see. Canada can stuff it. Okay, Québécois Whoa. power. I should have known. You're wearing a beret and a turtleneck, and you've got a cigarette and a croissant. Or I'm sorry, a croissant. What yeah. are you saying? You think I'm one of those uh, Quest, French bastards from Quest Europe? No, I'm just saying you just look like uh, you look like you sound. Yeah. Why do you have an eye watch on both wrists? <laughs> an yeah. eye watch. One is to uh, track my step. The other is for timing. Damn, not efficient at all. Wow. <laughs> timing. I, I, I can see both at the same time when I uh, do my power walk. Um, Good for you. <laughs> First, okay. <laughs> hey, you okay, man? We rock around here. So, rock, yeah. hey, rock you. What do you say here, rocking? Oh my gosh! Wow, what a pun. What do you mean by that? <laughs> you uh, we'll, we'll, we'll not get into it. Well, read, read, okay. what, read the reviews. Okay, and, and you'll, you'll understand. Uh, my cousin Jordan asked me to be here to yeah. talk about uh, the my favorite film of the year that was uh uh stu- it was come on to come on how do you say that uh uh snubbing it was snubbing at the oscars oh you're talking about uh snub snubbing yeah, yeah, yeah. snubbing yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. a a f you franchement right, we don't right, like your movie right. like it was rejected it was, yeah. it was like exact the, exactly like that like Well, no, I won't go there. I'm sorry. I was going to reference an earlier joke, but I feel like it would be in bad taste. Okay, but let me t- tell you, okay? Yeah. The movie. Let you me, have to can see we this guess, here. Can we guess what you're yeah. going to say? Hey, okay. man, I had to catch a bus. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what was, let's guess what movie you was going to say. You're the one that's talking about France and all that bullshit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was just very curious. I'm, I podcast, man. I'm just so curious. Yeah. Okay. About you. I want to talk about my movie. Okay. My Please talk movie about it. But just be... No, First I, of I didn't all, ask what you What was here. your favorite movie? <clears throat> of the last year? Of uh, <laughs> in 2019. 2019. Uh, let's 2018. see. Mm. Then after that, tell me what your favorite one from 1999 was. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yeah. Great year for movies. Well, I'm going to just start with that and just say, You've Got Mail. Great. Oh, tabarnak. Then I'll go with mine, The Matrix. Oh, franchement. Still haven't seen it. Whoa. Um, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> We're talking 2018 right now, right? Yep. Yes, 2018. What was my favorite movie? The movie nominated for the Oscar. Which one you wanted? Black Panther. Black Panther. Interesting. Uh, you? Am I not supposed to say that? Because I might say that. <laughs> say Black Klansman. <laughs> Black Klansman. <laughs> Black Klansman. Ah, yeah. tabarnak. Both uh, uh, movie, the best Ready movie, Player okay? One. No, 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 no. Uh, the G- best movie of the year. Julie. Now you, you oh, stop it. You're messing with me. That's not even that this last year. That was not the movie was... this year. That was last year nomination. <laughs> okay. 
Are you choking? <laughs> we, got you, my God. we got your <laughs> cigarette. Your yeah. cigarette. Yeah. You just ate your cigarette. Are you okay? <laughs> Why would you eat it? <laughs> yeah, I think I don't, he got mixed up. Uh, the croissant was like in the one w- hand and the cigarette was in the other. I, think I don't like the waste of tobacco. Okay, fine. Well, we got plenty of it. So, yeah, you know, okay. I'm sure Jordan wouldn't begrudge you a little tobacco. Okay. Why isn't he here? He's never. He's taking a one and two at the same time. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, the best movie of the year. Yeah. Bar none better than all the other movies. Green Book. Damn, <laughs> You've got to stop it <laughs> with this movie. Green Book, Black Landsman. That's not They're it. all color related. It's How all... can you say that those movies are better than A Star is Born? Oh, oh wow. Oh, you're a Gaga fan. Or maybe you're a Bradley Cooper the fan. The movie, yes, let me give you my review, okay? Please. A remake of a remake of a remake, you mean? It's a... The remakes that don't the matter. Remake. The, the, the remake don't matter with this, okay? Okay. Because this movie is original in its own way. Okay. Okay. Still the a movie, remake. okay, it stars star Bradley Cooper yeah. and uh, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Mm. She's uh, not normally uh, an actress. She's a pop singer. I saw oh, it on SNL uh, once. Very popular with the homosexual. <laughs> She this her first yes. time acting. Yes. And she nailed it. I tell you she nailed okay. it, okay? Do you think she deserved the award for best acting? I actress? think she deserved the award for all the acting. Oh, even all the even <laughs> like even supporting. Supporting best supporting Ma- supporting actor. Best actor, best original song. I heard she also did the crafty on crafty? Stars yeah. Born as well. Well, that makes sense because Lady Gaga is the best Actress of all time. Does she deserve sound mixing too? Perhaps. Oh, wow. Does she work on that? She but, does. But she, I, she, I don't know. Is your throat burning from that she cigarette? Does it all. I think it is. You'll <laughs> <laughs> power through. You, you came here for a reason. This movie is so beautiful. They play the music. They mm. play the. Did you guys see this movie? I they sure did. I did, yeah. They played this song, okay? It's called Shallow. Mm. Shallow. Yep. Mm. This song is a is about the art of the relationship. The mm. wait, sorry, you pointed at your chest, but you said it was. Do you say art or heart? heart. The art of the relationship. Once, once again, heart. went to your solar plex, but yeah, the art. It might be they swallowed the cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I think he's choking. <laughs> he's, like, he's trying to get it down. Burn. Yeah, <laughs> the, Did art, the art burn. <laughs> I don't. What are you? Why? Why can't you listen? I'm you? sorry. I'm I just, sorry. I just intuitively hate your kind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But he's not racist. He just hates no, your kind. No, just your kind. <laughs> just your kind. Okay, the, the, I the, love white people, just not your kind. Your kind of white people. <laughs> hey, that's racist. Okay. No, we already just established it's I, not. Hey, I'm not a racist. I wanted Black Panther to win Best yeah. Picture. You're racist against and the French the Green people. Book. Last I checked, you were drinking out of a beer can that wasn't in French. So yeah, I only drink Tell, Labatt. tell me what that's about. Labatt is Labatt. the only thing I drink. <laughs> Labatt only. What does Labatt mean? It means uh, shove it, Donovan. <laughs> that's wow. what it means. Shove it. I guess. I guess I walked right into that one, didn't I? <laughs> what was your favorite part of this film? My favorite part was. Uh, there is a music in that I talk about it uh, called Shadow. When he hangs himself. Hey, you ruin it for everybody. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Nobody sorry. see it. You, um, they don't know that. I'm sorry. My favorite part is the part in the song when they are singing together hmm. and they sing, We're out of the Sha, the Sha Shadow. 
We out of the shadow now. I'm sorry, you having a stroke? <laughs> That's how. What What do you saying? Okay, it's a good. These lyrics is so deep. Yeah, it's mm. so important. Yeah, mm. that the, this movie needs to win an Oscar. That is why I uh, create a petition on the Patreon. Uh-huh. <laughs> at which page? At where can you find this petition? It's, uh, Patreon <laughs> slash Jens uh, Kofla. Okay, cool. why are you hijacked your Patreon? <laughs> wow. So I didn't if know you want that this movie to uh, see uh, retroactive, mm-hmm. uh, win the Oscar, you go there and you sign it. Okay. Pick the five dollar tier, right? Five dollar tier, not preferably five dollar to see the petition. <laughs> to, yeah, to the, get the access for the petition. Mm. Okay, I really like that one song that she sings in the. Uh, is it on Saturday Night Live? In that, that back match. <laughs> he said, "You that, get out of here." Just, Why you say that? I'm sorry. I just that move that's supposed like, to be a bad song. I that. love that song. I love right, that song. I'm leaving for exactly the reason. Wait, that- what about the first song though? Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. I don't know this song. <laughs> Wait, this is your way. Hold on, this is your favorite movie? movie. Yeah, and you told it's, it's the song. O- it, it hey, opens the movie. Hey, I'm French. I don't know all the lyrics. I don't Do understand it all. Do you have tinnitus? Is this why you love this movie that much? What tinnitus? Answer tinnitus. the question. I don't know. You know what? Here's, I can't hear I you a, when you're talking okay, to me. Wait, what wait, are wait, you wait. saying? No, I don't think it's because you have tinnitus. I think it's because you didn't actually see the movie. Yeah. I think you just heard the song. <laughs> yeah. And you <laughs> just drew conclusions. <laughs> and now, like, wait, you're done yeah. every, every scene he's talked about has just been in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wait a second. This is a the song is the movie. No, no it's no, not. man. That's a trailer. It's not. You watch the trailer. And if it was, then it should just win best song. It shouldn't have to win best picture. Boom. If but it's without won best the song, song there is no are... picture. That's what I'm saying. That also makes no sense whatsoever. Okay. Tabarnak, I leave you guys, okay? Now you go. Leave your contact info with Lady Scofflaw and maybe we'll consider having you back. Contact info? Yeah. I ain't coming back uh, like to this. <clears throat> We'll we'll hit you up on one of your Apple watches. Okay. Or both. But I don't uh, I block you, I won't take your text. All right. <laughs> we we had actually... you on our show. Dude, what so this guy comes on every episode? Not every episode. Okay, because no. that could be over. In fact, honestly, I think he was lying about me ever having met him. I don't remember this guy, but then again Interesting. Christmas party, I may have just been, you know, well. A little worse for wear, as they say. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, I had a little bit of paperwork to do. Jeez, every time um, you leave, it's like you just you know, leave us hanging. Yeah. Long also, what's wrong there. with your body that you have to poop and be at the same time, you weirdo? <clears throat> that was a long time, too. I was uh, I was uh, looking at some, some Twitter on my phone. Um, Twitter on your phone. Let me guess. There's also a fork and spoon attached to your phone. <laughs> it was. I was eating, I was eating my, uh, my oatmeal. I was oh, at great. It. I figured I'd, 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 I'd kill two ran, birds. Ran right, right through you. Anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Jocko Willink. 
Hello, gentlemen scofflaws. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the show. And your feedback and support is really what keeps us going. It means a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you again. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you want to take your support to the next level, why not support the show on Patreon? We offer all sorts of extras on there like outtakes, extended interviews, a bonus movie podcast, and behind-the-scenes content. Better yet, we have options that start as little as a dollar a month. You pay more for that at a park meter to go in and grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. See what I did there? If you're interested in helping support the show, please check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw or click the support link on the website. Again, that's patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. We look forward to having you as part of our team. All right, I'm really excited for this uh, next guest, uh, Donovan. I know you are too. Oh yeah, you actually introduced me to his podcast a couple of years ago. Yeah, back in uh, I think I started listening to it in uh, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. Um, so we have author, podcaster, Navy SEAL, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy. I don't know what the title is for, for that kind of thing. Um, Jocko Willink, welcome. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? Doing good. 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 And typical Jocko response, which is what we'd, <laughs> we'd, what we'd hope to expect. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, for our listeners, we got a kind of diverse group of listeners. Um, all, you know, people that might have not have listened to your podcast. Um, could you just for kind of the uninitiated, our listeners, tell a little bit about yourself, your kind of background, how you became, how you joined the military, and then how you got into podcasting? Well, I just joined the military out of high school because like many young boys, I was drawn to the idea of shooting machine guns and serving my country. So joined the military, joined the Navy. I spent 20 years in the Navy. I rose up through the ranks. I eventually got a commission and became an officer. So I went from the enlisted side into a leadership position as an officer Served a bunch of time, bunch of deployments overseas, and then I retired in 2010. And when I retired, I started working with companies, teaching them leadership, the the fundamental principles of combat leadership I'd learned on the battlefield. And as I worked with a lot of those companies, I uh, brought one of my buddies on and who I had served with. And... As we worked with more and more companies, companies started asking us if we had this stuff written down anywhere, and we eventually wrote down what we were teaching. That turned into a book. The book got published, and when the book came out, I was on Tim Ferriss's podcast through a couple of mutual friends, got hooked up with Tim, and then from when I was on Tim's podcast, when we got done recording... When he pressed stop, he looked at me and said, you should do your own podcast. And I kind of thought, okay, noted. And then (laughs) Joe Rogan heard that podcast and said, oh, this is a great podcast. And he wrote something on Twitter. You know, this is the most intense podcast I've ever heard. And then he said, and then I hooked up with Joe Rogan. I went on Joe Rogan's podcast. And in the middle of that podcast, Joe Rogan said, you should have your own podcast. And so I figured when I had both Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan, telling me I should do a podcast that I should listen. So I started my own podcast and that's been going since, since December of 2015. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Nice. 
It's like the like a trifecta of uh, of podcasters there. You, uh, Tim Ferriss, and Joe Rogan. I love to see that podcast happen. <laughs> yeah, no, those guys are definitely. And uh, I mean, Joe Rogan's had a podcast. I want to say it's since two thousand and nine. Yep. Yeah. Tim Ferriss is two thousand fourteen, and then I'm late two thousand fifteen. But definitely got lucky in in starting it when I did because it you know it's it's been able to reach a lot of people and that's been great. And you, you have a great dynamic with, uh, your, uh, your fellow podcaster, Echo Charles. Uh, you know, like I always decide, like my brother and I listen to podcasts on the regular and we're just always cracking up at the banter you guys have going. Uh, how'd you meet Echo? Just out of curiosity. So I, I trained jujitsu and I've been training jujitsu for a long time. Yeah. And Echo is actually a guy that trains jujitsu and his day job used to be he made videos for people and he also did websites and stuff like that so he's kind of a tech guy yeah and so when joe rogan you know said get a podcast i went got back to the gym and i saw echo and i said hey do you know how to make a podcast and he said well let me let me check and so he went home <laughs> and he came back the next day to the gym and he goes yes i can make a podcast and i was like cool i want to make a podcast and he said can i be on it and I said, what are you going to do? <laughs> and he said, I'll be normal and you be you. And I said, fair enough. Let's do it. So I, I enjoy, I enjoy talking to someone rather than just, I don't mind when I do podcasts by myself, which I do from time to time. And actually I, I have a kid's podcast as well. And I, the kid's podcast, I echo records it, but he doesn't participate in it. And so when I do the kids podcast, it's just me and it's, it's fine, but it's nice to have somebody to talk to. And as you said, banter with, and yeah. Echo's a very mellow guy. He has no agenda. Yeah. If he, he, there's podcasts. If I have a guest on, he won't say a word the whole time. He's, 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 he's doesn't have any ego at all. Just a nice guy. He's a great jujitsu guy, fun to train with. And, uh, and he, and he does a good job with all the technical side. So it's been a, it's been a great time working with Echo. Yeah. Talk about dichotomy. I mean, you guys like, I mean, I feel like, like, uh, he, for, for anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast or seen it, you should definitely check it out. But, uh, echoes just this massive, uh, is he Hawaiian or Polynesian dude who has, you, you wouldn't, you, let's just put it this way. You wouldn't match his voice to his overall persona, <laughs> you know? Yeah. From, from the feedback that we get from the audience, <laughs> yeah. apparently he has the voice of a 120 pound white hipster. <laughs> and in That's fact, true. Echo Charles is a 220 pound, very jacked, uh, half white, half black guy that grew up in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit. We'll talk about a dichotomy of leadership. But uh, talk a little bit about extreme ownership because that's the first sort of um, content I, uh, you know, read from you. Um, it's funny, too, because I actually read it at a time where kind of my job sort of changed up. I was put in this leadership role, was looking in, you know, looking into uh, insight and leadership and kind of to be able to, to figure out how to be a good leader. Um, and it was just super helpful. What I What I loved about it was just how it was just super simple in the way that it was laid out, like, these are 
these are the things, and there's, I don't forget how many chapters they were, but it was the first time that I've ever read anything that was like, no, it felt like no BS in terms of a, yeah. <laughs> a leadership book. All, all told through stories and like, you know, very clearly illustrated with, you know, examples from war, but also, you know, in, in the corporate world. Yeah. It, well, one of the chapters in the book and one of the laws of combat is to keep things simple. And part yeah. of keeping things simple is to make them simple, clear, and concise. And it would be very hypocritical to write a book about combat leadership and about keeping things simple and write a super complex book that people couldn't understand. Yeah. Not to mention, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So <laughs> if I can, if it can come out of my mouth or out of my fingertips onto a keyboard, then it's got to be pretty simple. Yeah. So yeah, it's, and it's straightforward. And being in the military for a long time, you've got to make sure that you convey your thoughts to your team in a very straightforward manner that they can understand. So that's probably, probably what came across in, in the books. Yeah. And that's one thing with, <laughs> that helped me a lot with emails. Although I don't know if the one that I sent you was super concise before, <laughs> before this, but laying everything uh, clearly and, and using as little language as possible, as much as you need to convey what it is that you need, need is important. Cause I, I don't know when I open up an email or get some communication, if it's like an entire page of stuff, I just don't, just don't look at it. So and I know other down, people yeah. do the same thing. Um, one story that I really loved in in the book, where you talk about um, in SEAL training, um, the Zodiac races, and there's there's a chapter in there where you're talking about there's no bad teams, bad leaders. Can we expand a little bit upon that? Because I really that that's something that really um, was eye opening to me. Yeah, it's, and it's a it's a concept that we didn't create. It's a concept that actually uh, Napoleon said the same thing a little bit different. I think he said there's no no bad regiments, only bad colonels. Mm -hmm. And another guy that I have taken a lot from a guy named Colonel David Hackworth, who was a Vietnam era officer. Yep. And he was also in the Korean war as a matter of fact, but he wrote a book called about face and he's got a chapter or he's got a line in there, which is no bad units, only bad officers. So yes, uh, I stole that. And in, in who wrote the book with me, Leif Babin, we stole that line because it's the truth. The truth is if you're in a team and the team isn't performing well and you're in charge of that team, it's your fault. And we would see this over and over again. And the example that's in the book about the boat crews and you know, going through buds, you have, you have boat crews, buds is the basic seal training. You get split up in a boat crews, which are seven or eight guys and the boat crews race against each other. And you, you're, you're using these little Zodiac, basically really small Zodiac boats to paddle around and do a bunch of races. And in the book, it explains that this, this boat crew six was losing horribly every race and boat crew two was winning every race by a mile. And the training cadre said, you know what, let's switch these leaders and see what happens. So they just switched the boat crew leaders, the boat crew two leader, the winning boat crew leader went into the losing boat crew and the losing boat crew leader went into the winning boat crew, and then they sent him out on another race, and lo and behold, um, the boat crew that wins the next race is the boat crew that had been lost every race up until that point. They had the winning leader, and all of a sudden they win a race because of one person, yeah. and that's the leader. And so that's the impact that, that leadership makes. And a lot of times people in a leadership position, their team isn't performing, and they blame the team. Oh, it's my team's fault. They're not, they're not committed to the job. And the reality is if the team is failing, it's the leader's fault. There's no one else to blame. Yeah. I think you bring this up in your book too. the, the idea of, 
um, the, the, we have not led them to do something. If there's something that you want from your team, you take that ownership, I mean, extreme ownership and, uh, and, and see what it is you need to lead them to do what it to get the results that you need to accomplish as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, and you can see it's so clear with losing teams when you, when they fail a mission, you ask the leader what happened and the leader starts pointing his finger at everyone and saying, well, this guy didn't do that. And this person didn't hold their sector down. And this person didn't move through the target quickly enough. And it's everyone else's fault, but not theirs. And you see a good leader in that same scenario that they fail a mission. And he says, oh, these are the mistakes that I made. I didn't push the assault team quick enough through the sector uh, or through the target. I didn't make it clear enough for this guy to know where his sector was. So he failed to hold the sector. So those are my mistakes and I'm going to fix them. And that team is going to turn around and do better. And the team where they just start blaming each other is going to go in the other direction and they're going to continue to fail. Yeah. And I, what I like is it kind of flips on the head what people would normally think like in a corporate world or in a job world where it's like, you can't make yourself look bad. I don't want to be the guy that looks bad. Oh, who else screwed up here? And you start picking on people. Oh, this person didn't do this and this didn't happen and stuff. But the truth is you end up looking like the dick in the end. Because you're throwing blame all around, then yep. so the people above you <laughs> don't respect you, and then your team that you just threw under the bus don't expect uh, don't respect you either. So I don't know. That was I, I don't know why it's so simple, and I don't know why I didn't think of that before. But I don't know. Maybe we've created this kind of corporate culture where people are just throwing people under the bus all the time. <laughs> yeah, what you just explained, I explained to people over and over and again on a weekly, sometimes daily basis. And it's still one of those things that's hard to sink in. And the reason that it's hard for it to sink in is because people have egos and it hurts to go in there in front of the boss and say, this was all my fault. Even though, you know, if you blame other people, the boss is going to think less of you. Yeah. But you just, if people have a hard time overcoming their ego, accepting the blame when something goes wrong. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I'll let you go too, Donovan. But I think the key too is like accepting the blame, but also offering a solution. Like not just, right. I screwed up. Sorry. And like, there's yeah, no yeah. follow up to it. Because some people do that too. And it's like, well, yeah. now you're just feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> well, that's 100% true. And we say that taking extreme ownership doesn't end when you take ownership. Once you take ownership of the problem, you have to take ownership of coming up with a solution and then implementing that solution. Yeah. So it's a, a process that doesn't stop just lip service of, hey, it was my fault. Now let's move on. It's like, no, it was my fault. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. And here's how we're going to implement that solution. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I, I also to segue into the podcast, I find that like this this theme is being reiterated time and again in so many of the stories that you're telling. And I mean, one of the, I mean, it's a dark example, but one of the ones that impacted me and opened my eyes extensively was the, the My Lai situation in, in Vietnam, the massacre, and just how I, I had always pondered that, like, how could something like this happen? You know, it's like, not everybody's a psychopath, you know, not everybody is just a bad apple, but at the end of the day, it is the leadership that's the problem. And, uh, and, and it, it just explains a lot. I mean, you know, obviously human nature is, is another element in there where, you know, we can be really fickle, but that's where, you know, good leadership comes into play and helps people from, you know, doing sometimes really terrible things. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see that just in the real world, you know, just when you're, when it helps you make sense of things, you know, a little bit better. Yeah, no doubt that example of the My Lai massacre in Vietnam is, uh, 
is a sickening example yeah. of bad leadership and all the things that lead up to it. And then once it's occurring and really as I was preparing that podcast, and if you don't know what the My Lai massacre is, it's a situation that took place in Vietnam. There was a, a village called My Lai and Americans targeted this village. And when they went into this village, they, they were suspecting it to be a, v, a Viet Cong stronghold. There was actually no Viet Cong there. It was filled with a bunch of women, children, and old men. And the, this company of army soldiers went in there and they massacred, murdered, raped, and mutilated about 500 people. And it's a horrible story. It's a horrific story. And the book that I cover during it has a lot of interviews with the guys that committed the atrocities themselves. So it's a very heavy book to read. And as I was preparing that podcast, and that was definitely one of the hardest podcasts that I've had to do because it is Americans and because I can relate to American soldiers. I've worked with thousands of American soldiers overseas and I, I understand what that means. And I understand how stressful that job is and how much sacrifice is made by our American service members to, so to, to do an entire three or four hour podcast about this atrocity that was committed by American soldiers was very hard for me to do. And I wasn't quite sure what, lesson I was going to draw for people coming out of that podcast. And then as I, as I prepared for it, I realized that the, the dynamic point that slapped me in the face was the fact that as this atrocity was unfolding, there was a helicopter pilot that observed it and his, his helicopter crew observed what was happening. They actually risked their lives and put themselves in between the, the army company that was doing the slaughtering and some civilians, they picked up and brought some civilians to safety. And when that officer got back to the, the headquarters, he ran into the tactical operations center and said, hey, there is a massacre going on out there and they're killing, they're murdering people. And that one officer told the, the senior officer there, that senior officer got on the, got on the radio and said, stop killing people. And just like that, they stopped. And what it proved to me is, yes, it was a leadership problem that caused the problem, but it was also leadership that stopped the problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a message that I always convey when I'm talking to guys in the military. And when I go go talk to military units now, I, I talk about that story. And I talk about how leadership is the most important thing in the battlefield. And if you let it go in the wrong direction, it's only going to take good leadership to get it uh, turned back around. Very powerful story and a very uh, horrible, a very horrible moment in American history. Yeah. I mean, super dark context for sure. But I mean, the fact that you go there is, you know, super commendable and, you know, thank you for that. Cause it's just, you know, it's uh, whenever I tune in for that kind of stuff, it's, I know that there's going to be, you know, some search for truth. And I mean, you have to revisit those things every once in a while to, to understand, because it's like sometimes the worst of us can be, you know, uh, a real teaching moment. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty disturbing for me when I would tell military guys that I was doing a podcast on the Me Lai Massacre and they'd say, Oh, what's that? Mm, yeah. And, and that's, that's a horrible thing to hear because every military person should know that story. They should understand how it unfolded and they should understand how to prevent it from happening again. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, all right. Um, 
Let, let's shift gears. Do you want to shift over to, you had some questions about dichotomy of yeah, leadership you so want to I, get into. I've been diving into dichotomy of leadership and it's been great because I mean, I, it's just such a great follow-up to extreme ownership. You know I mean? Like there's just, I, I've, I've, I've been a person and I feel like this is a universal thing where, you know, people are always looking for balance in life. Uh, you know, sometimes we find ourselves living in the red zone as you, as you sometimes put it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to kind of hear these teachable moments about, you know, balancing out your leadership strategy. Um, I, you know, one thing in particular that I found that was interesting was when people default, like the, you know, Leif talks about it, uh, for those who don't know your, your, uh, business partner, Leif Babin, and also fellow seal. Um, he talks about, the uh, idea of there is no growth in the comfort zone. And I, I sort of equated that with what you talked about earlier in the book, which is when you start to default to follower mode. Uh, how do you keep yourself from defaulting to follower mode? Because I feel like it's for a lot of people, it's easier to be a follower than a leader. Um, how, how, how do you find like what, what strategies would you tell people would be good to you know, keep from going there? Well, one thing that I always look at is I always look at what is the mission that I'm trying to accomplish? What is the mission that we are trying to accomplish? So if we're trying to accomplish the mission, first of all, my biggest priority isn't who's in charge and whether I should lead or follow. My biggest priority is how can we be most effective in accomplishing this mission? And if that means that I look around and I'm looking at you, Donovan, and you kind of stepped up and you're saying, hey, Jocko, this is what we need to do to make this happen. I'm going to say, Roger that. Sounds like a good plan. I got your back. Let's go. If I look at Donovan and, and you got a look on your face, you're not sure what's going on and maybe you're not coming up with a plan, guess what I'm going to do? In order to best accomplish the mission, I'm going to say, hey, Donovan, you know what we need to do? We need to move back to this other building and set security. And you say, okay, that sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. So for me, it's not a matter of it's not a matter of am I always trying to move to a leadership position or am I always trying to be a follower? What I'm trying to do is best accomplish the mission. I'm constantly looking around to see if there's any leadership voids. And this is something that you get pretty good at identifying if you pay attention in chaotic situations, there can be a leadership void. There can be a lull where no one is making a decision. So for me, real young in the SEAL teams, I learned when I saw that leadership void, I was going to give a couple seconds maybe for my senior leader to step up and make a decision. If they weren't making a decision, I was going to jump in and either nudge them in the right direction or I was just going to step up and say, hey, we need to hit that building over there and get some high ground or whatever the call was going to be. So I'm always just looking and saying, is there anything I can do to support this mission and moving it forward? And are there any leadership voids that I can fill? Yeah. I mean, that's a great, I, I, I was talking to my, uh, my little brother about this issue actually recently in specifically like in terms of, um, like he, he's, he's on a sports team in college and he finds that like, you know, he's in a position, it's sort of a junior leadership position, kind of like what you're saying where like, you know, you don't have to necessarily be, uh, you know, head of everything in order to, to make it happen. But it seems like he's right now he's in sort of a position where the, the team has become demoralized by, you know, a, a recent defeat and he's trying to motivate things, but the leader is sort of passive in this instance. Um, and he was trying to figure out, you know, like, you know, he doesn't want, he finds that if he tries to, you know, 
be too hands on with the guys underneath them. They're going to, you know, g- give some willful resistance and he can't quite reach the the leader. What what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's in that sort of like that place of like, I don't know if you I guess it's I guess it's kind of like whatever place you're on in the team. But, you know, you're not ne- necessarily going to get that sort of uh, like in the military. I feel like people are compelled to follow orders. But like maybe in the real world, like on sport or in civilian life, on sports teams and things like that, you may find people starting to, you know, resist a little bit. What what do you find is the best strategy to sort of, you know, help people get motivated? Yeah, I mean, that, that first of all, that kind of perception that people in the military, they're just going to follow orders and that's the way it works mm-hmm. is actually completely untrue. And, you know, it's funny because when I started working with companies in the civilian sector, I used to think, well, in the civilian world, they have it so easy because if somebody doesn't want to do what do what they're told to do, you can just fire them. And in the military, you can't just fire someone. Mm-hmm. And 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 then I found out when I got in the civilian sector, you can't just fire someone there either. You've got to do a bunch of HR stuff, and they're going to sue you and workman's comp and all these other things are going to unfold. And the, and the bottom line is both of those attitudes as a leader are wrong. Th- that's not – you don't get people to lead. Now, when you see a military movie about – Marine Corps boot camp and there's a drill instructor saying drop and give me 20. Sure, that works. Mm-hmm. It works for a short period of time. Sure, if you're a platoon sergeant or you're a platoon commander and you come in and bark orders at the guys, sure, they're going to snap two that time and then maybe the next time. But guess what? Their commitment is to carrying out the mission. It's very minimal. Mm-hmm. And also, they do portray this in movies from time to time as well. When and you hear about this from Vietnam, from the Vietnam War, when there were officers that the guys didn't want to listen to and the officers pushed, pushed hard. What happened to the officers? They had a name for it. The officers would get fragged, Mm -hmm. meaning the guys would kill their officers. So the idea that, oh, in the military, everyone just listens is a complete fallacy. It's it's a fallacy that's built around probably the impressions of that people see of boot camp. And so what you have to do in any leadership position is you have to lead. <laughs> That's what you have to do. You have to make sure that the people understand what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. They have to understand how their little piece of the mission fits into the overall strategic vision. And then they have to understand how that strategic success will come back and benefit them mm. in the end. So, in other words, if you just tell a guy, hey, charge that machine gun nest and think he's going to do it, what are the chances? He knows if he charges a machine gun nest that's in an elevated position up a hill, what's going to happen to him? He's going to get killed. He's going to die. Yeah. He's going to die. And so there's very few people that would say, okay, Jocko said charge the machine gun nest, so I'm just going to do it. There are some, but most people are not going to do it. And you know what? I don't want them to. I don't want them to charge. If I gave you an order, Donovan, if I said, Donovan, charge that machine gun nest, and you know you're going to die if you do it, I actually want you to say, hey, boss, not a good idea. There's, we're going to be, we're in a, they're in an elevated position. They're bunkered in. They've got a heavy weapon. If we charge up that hill, we're all going to die. I recommend instead we put some covering fire and we maneuver around to the flank and throw some grenades in the hatch on the top of that thing. How does that sound? And I say, sounds like a good plan. Donovan, execute it. That's what I want as a leader. I don't want to bark orders and have people obey. 
Number one, no one has the cognitive capacity to understand everything that's happening and what every position every person should have on the battlefield. You can't do that with a platoon of 40 guys. It doesn't work. You have to decentralize your command. You have to give good, broad guidance that the people then understand, and they can take that guidance of what the overall commander's intent is, of what the end state is that I'm looking for, and once they understand what that end state is, of what we're looking for, I let them go and do it. And it's important that they understand why that end state is important. They have to, they have to make a connection. That's what happens in the business world. So in the business world, you know, if I bark at you and say, uh, hey, Donovan, you need to make more sales calls every day. And you say, well, okay, well, why should I dial any faster? Why, why, does, why should I even go knock on more doors? Yeah. And you're not going to do it just because I told you to because it's hot outside. You're not getting the returns you want. So then I say, hey, Donovan, check this out. What I need you to do is go knock on more doors. The reason I need you to go knock on more doors is because for every right now, you're averaging for every 12 doors you knock on, you're getting one sale. And we need to up that as much as we can. You want to know why? Because every sale that you make, that means we can produce more of these widgets that we're trying to sell. And the more widgets we produce, the more efficient we get at producing them. And that provides us with a little bit of a lower price. And then when you go out to sell them, you'll be able to sell more. And once you can sell more, the price of production is going to go down even more. And once the price of production is down even more, you know what? It's not going to be you selling. You're going to need a couple more people underneath you to sell. And once you have people underneath you to sell, I won't need you knocking on doors anymore. I'll need you leading these other guys. And by the way, making money off of all their sales. Right. So if you can get out there and you can make this happen, it's going to result in a better life for you. More money, better job, and better promotion within the organization. That's what I want to see happen. That's why I need you to go knock on some more doors today. Yeah. If we connect all those dots, that is what, that is what provides people with the intrinsic incentive to go out and execute the mission yeah i mean it kind of comes back to like the idea of you know always giving the reason uh the the why behind every you know situation um and that doesn't only that that doesn't only help with um you know not not say barking orders or making requests and stuff but even like you talk about uh SOPs and um uh, creating a, a a kind of standard operating procedure if if everybody understands what the reason is or how it benefits them they're going to remember to do certain things or they're going to push to do certain things harder i don't know yeah i totally agree with that and and the way i interpret what you just said is I believe when, well, I know for a fact that when I learn things, I learn much better if I understand conceptually what I'm being taught. Yeah. If you just want me to rote memorize something, I'm actually good at memorization as well. But if you want me to long term be able to give you information back a year later, if I understand the concept, I'll give it to you. If you just had me memorize some figures, yeah. they might not be there anymore. And that's like, I got that from your book too. Like, it's funny because I, I would lead a group of volunteers at my church and want to learn about leadership, start leading volunteers when you don't have, you (laughs) you can't dangle the carrot over, over them because you can't fire them. They're there because they want to be there. But, um, certain things like, uh, I work in, in tech where we'd be like, okay, if you, when you do these lyrics, if you don't change over the lyric slide, Two words before the next slide. Um, there's a delay between here and out there, and people can't know the next lyric and uh, for the for the song they're singing. And 
when I until I explained that lyrics were always late, mm. but before when I'd say just make sure you do it two words before every every uh, at the end of every slide. They're like, oh, okay. And then they would never do it until I gave them that reason. Oh, people can't get the next lyrics if you don't change it, that right. specific point. That's just a silly example, but it's like, it well, goes back to b- giving the reason behind everything, the why behind everything. It's actually a perfect example. And that, that example, I see that example play out in the business world time and time again. Many of the solutions to the symptoms of people not doing what you want them to do much of the time, the solution to that is making sure that they understand why they're doing what they're doing. And again, these are all concepts that we talk about in extreme ownership and, and talk about in the dichotomy of leadership. And I talk about on my podcast all the time, all the time. Yeah. It'll, I mean, it'll help you in work, family, you know, any sort of personal relationship. I mean, you talked about that with like getting your daughter to ride a bike, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, yeah, it, 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 uh, bridges, you know, <laughs> It works everywhere. (laughs) So uh, I'll kind of shift gears for a little bit. Um, You're probably the most, I don't, I don't wouldn't say, I guess most disciplined person I see on Instagram because every single morning you post a picture of your watch at 430 and then about an hour or so I see the aftermath of every workout that you do. Um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the uh, concept of discipline equals freedom because that's in your book too. But that's kind of a mantra of your of of Jocko Willing. It's its own field manual. Its own field manual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, I did. In fact, it's it's one of the it's in the last chapter of the book Extreme Ownership, and then I did take that and write an entire field manual book called the Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual, and that's where I expand on the fact that yes, if you want freedom in life, you only get that freedom through discipline. Yeah. It's it's very true. I mean, I've I've found that too in in the last year just trying to trying to structure and discipline my life a little more where um just having some sort of, you know, regular routine and a structured day gives me the freedom to do other things that I want to do that I didn't think I had all the time for before. So, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, it gives you it gives you the opportunity to chart progress too because if you're constantly spiraling and 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 you know, jumping around like from one thing to the other, you can't really figure out, you know, where you are, which is another concept that you talk about, which is, you know, the most important thing on the battlefield isn't, you know, knowing where the enemy is, it's knowing where you are. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot, lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom in that book. I carry that book around the gym and it looks so badass. (laughs) one, because it's signed by you Two, because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, if you have it, you know, but if you don't look it up, it's just the most minimal, you know, cover. You can beat the hell out of this thing and it'll survive the apocalypse. So I, um, I highly recommend I, it. My publisher, you know, that, that book, as you know, is, is not a normal book. There yeah. is no book to compare it to. There's no book like it. Mm-hmm. And my, my publisher, well, you know, I had uh, written extreme ownership and I said, Hey, this is what I want to do next. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, I said, look, I, I might just do this myself because I, it's going to be a little bit out there, a little bit different. And he goes, no, you can publish whatever you want. I said, are you sure about that? And he said, yes. So I put the book together and and he loved it, but he was really, you know, it's hard to predict what the public is going to think of a book. And the book, so we published it and he said it was the biggest risk he ever took as a publisher. And then 
my my agent was just telling me the other day, my literary agent was telling me that when they ran their models, there was no model that they had predicted that sold as many copies of that book as it sold. Because it's still selling, I mean, it's, it's sold incredibly well, yeah. and it's continuing to sell, and it's, it's pretty crazy for a book that's so far out of the norm to be a hit like that is pretty cool, pretty cool to see. Now, um, talking about that book and like the aesthetics of it too, like your stuff is really like the way it's put together, your site, your podcast, your videos, it's got a great aesthetic to it, which like, where does that come from? Is that from you or is that Echo Charles's uh, kind of uh, input or? Well, yeah, I mean, it comes from me and, yeah. and luckily Echo has a good understanding of what I'm like yeah. and what I like. So he just kind of keeps going with it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a reflection. It's probably a reflection of, it's probably a little bit of a reflection of the, I grew up listening to kind of hardcore music and, yeah. and growing up in kind of the punk rock scene, going to shows and everything was kind of DIY. You do it yourself. You know, you make, you want to, you want a record, you make a record. You want to, you want a magazine, you make a magazine. Yeah. You've got to put flyers up, you make the flyers and, and I think everything kind of reflects that aesthetic of me growing up and everything kind of being minimalistic and raw. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of them feel like they could be like photos on a Black Flag album cover or something. <laughs> like that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a fan of uh, Raymond Pettibone's art. So I guess that's uh, a pretty good. In fact, if you look at my podcast sort of icon, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the hand holding the mic, but it definitely there's a resemblance to the uh, black flag my war cover yeah so. that's true nice. yeah you should have you ever had henry L uh, rollins on your show you know i have not had uh hank on the show i when i was a kid i i did a, a little touring with with rollins band in the oh, 80s awesome. so my buddies and i we were we were all into that kind of music and he did a he was doing a tour of the lifetime album in I want to say it was 1988, and played a bunch of shows. I'm I'm from New England, and he played a bunch of shows in New York and New Jersey and Boston, and we kind of hooked up and just went to all the shows and would help him help them load out their gear and everything. And so I hung around with him a, a decent amount, you know. And I was he's about 10 years older than me, okay. and so he, you know, I was like 15 and he was 25 or. 27 and I was 16 or something it were, were pretty that's our age difference but so you know we 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 hung around a bit you know before and after shows and eventually I just joined the military and I actually saw him a few years later at Lollapalooza the first Lollapalooza oh, yeah. oh wow and I went backstage or went back through the kind of parking lot to see if I could get sneak in there and I saw him and I was like hey man can you get me in here and he said it would be easier to get me into Fort Knox. <laughs> so I haven't seen. I saw him one more time since then. But uh, yeah, I've 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 gone back and forth. I've had a couple. We have mutual friends, and I've okay. had a couple mutual friends hit him up. And you know, it's 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 you know, it's different. You know, I mean, it's it's there's a little there's a little dichotomy there. I mean, you know, like you have the search and destroy tattoo on your back and that seems cool. Like mm -hmm. when I was 15, that seemed pretty cool. But like, you know, I, I went overseas and was doing, you know, search and destroy missions, right. you know? Yeah. So it's, 
I don't know. I, it'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk to him. You know, he had, a, he had an influence on me when I was a kid, and it was a positive influence, I believe. Yeah. So it'd be cool to talk to him. Yeah, sure. that'd be cool. That'd be a fun Yeah, fun it'd be listen. interesting to explore that. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, um, since we have a few minutes left here, um, a little bit about your home gym. I mean, I see your pictures on Instagram of your aftermath. <laughs> I know this is kind of taking a different different route a lot, here. A lot of salt on those uh, on I'm those always, mats. And I'm always trying to uh, to kind of figure out what you got and what you use. Uh, I mean, what would you recommend to somebody that's starting out with a with a home gym? I mean, I live in you know L.A. apartment living, so I don't. I've got a carport. I don't have a have a garage, but <laughs> I can put I can put a little bit together. Yeah, in LA, I mean, in Southern California, and really, there's people that work out outside all over the country oh, yeah. year round. So that's really no factor. Inside of a carport, the first thing you, I, I think the first thing you should get. I don't know how much you're looking to spend, but you need a set of rings. If you get yeah. a set of rings, you can do a lot. You can go for you. A set of rings is actually all you need because yeah. on rings you can do pull-ups, you can do dips, you can do push-ups on rings, and then you can do whatever kind of body weight squats and lunges and all that stuff. So a set of rings is a great place to start. And then from there, you got to get a squat rack. And you know, once you get a squat rack, you got to get some a barbell, some bumper plates, you know, put a dip bar on it somewhere, you got a dip bar attachment, make sure it has a pull-up bar on it. Rogue, Rogue Fitness makes great stuff. So all that, you know, get a, get a little pull-up bar for your kids and that, that mounts on there. I always tell when people get my kids' books, I say you might as well get a pull-up bar too because – the first couple kids' books that I wrote are one yeah. one of the main themes is the kid learning to do pull-ups because <laughs> the kid's getting picked on. And he doesn't know how to fight. and He can't do any pull-ups. He doesn't know how to swim. Doesn't know his times tables. And so his Uncle Jake shows up to stay with him for the summer, and, and his Uncle Jake used to be in the SEAL teams. So he gets him through all those problems by teaching him jujitsu and teaching him how to work out and teaching him how to study so he can improve his life and that's the way the warrior kid book. But if you get that book, get that pull-up bar attachment on your uh, squat rack as well for your kids. Yeah. What you're describing is very much like uh, the woman who swallowed a spider. You get this, but then you also have to get this and then you have to add this on this and suddenly it's grown. Yeah. It's, I, I will actually disagree with you on that. I'm just joking. It's like this, a set of rings. Mm -hmm. That's good. Then a squat rack, a barbell and some bumper plates. That's good. You're, you're now two years you could work out without needing anything else. Yeah. More. Actually, that's actually, you want to know what I have in my, in my garage? That's what I have. Yeah. I have a squat rack. I have bumper plates. I have a pull-up bar. I have a couple sets of rings. And all that stuff is what I use the most, most of the time. And then I have kettlebells because I really like kettlebells. I have, you know, a rower and I have an air bike and I have a GHD. So I got a bunch of other stuff, but the critical essential stuff. Set of rings, squat rack, barbell, dump, bumper plates. I gotta order a set of rings now. That's what I need. Didn't, I, I feel like you posted about them on, I did. online today, <laughs> I, I didn't did. you? That, that's like I, like that. That's I did. a funny I was, coincidence. I was dipping yeah. my my toe in it when we're uh, doing prep for this uh, for this episode. I use, I mean, I use kettlebells and body weight stuff at the park and a sandbag. Yeah. that's kind of what I do is take that stuff to the park. People, now people but. get overwhelmed <laughs> when you know it's it, it can it can be very simple. You don't have to complicate things. Yeah, you know, just move around. Yeah, heavy stuff. To agree with your statement, Jordan. <laughs> if you want, you will never. If you don't, if you don't want to stop, yeah. you'll never stop adding stuff to your home gym. That's I add true. stuff all the time. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. So, I agree with you, and I disagree with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely, there's a dichotomy in there. 
Yeah. <laughs> very, very thematic. Very thematic. All right. Uh, one last question since we're, we're running out of time here. Um, what time do you go to bed at night? <laughs> I know you probably get asked that a lot, but. Yeah, I get asked that all the time and I still try to answer it all the time. I usually go to bed around 11. Okay. Sweet. Cool, man. That's, that's, uh, I got to try that now, going to bed at 11, getting up at 4.30. <laughs> Everybody's different, I feel, like, with the sleep cycles and everything. Well, it's, for me, it would, took me a long time to just get to a point to, like, consistently get up at 6 o'clock every yep. day for a while. And now, now I'm thinking of moving it up, moving it up the wake-up time. But, but I will say, morning hours are, are amazing. Uh, that yeah. Is something, and, yeah. And sometimes people get wrapped around the axle, and they say I'm a horrible person because I'm telling everyone not to sleep. and. <laughs> It's actually not true. I tell people all the time. <laughs> you know, a different. Uh, there's a lot of genetic component to it. I have one of my daughters. I used to go to bed at 11 o'clock at night and she would be up studying and I'd wake up at 4.30 in the morning and she'd be up studying. And she's just like that. She doesn't need a lot of sleep. My, my middle daughter, she's, she will sleep until you wake her up. <laughs> my son is sort of in between. Uh, my youngest daughter is sort of in between. So there's a genetic component to it. Some people need a little less sleep. And, and I always tell people, if you need more sleep, then go to sleep a little earlier. But you're right, uh, Donovan, that waking up early has some definite benefits. You get some, you get a lot of stuff done yep. productively in the morning before the rest of the world wakes up. Yeah. yeah. And it's like 7 o'clock and you're like, gosh, I accomplished all this thing, all these things and nobody's up no, yet. Yeah, all these other lazy <laughs> bastards aren't even up yet. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jocko, if people want to find uh, your content, where can they find you? Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at, at Jocko Willink. And I have a website called Jocko Podcast. Uh, my company, my leadership consulting company is called Echelon Front, and that's at echelonfront.com. And you can just Google Jocko and you'll find all this stuff. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Check out his check out his books, Dichotomy of Leadership, Extreme Ownership. Uh, and check the, out his tea, too. His tea is very tea, delicious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We didn't even cover the tea. But, yes, the tea is very delicious. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's a perfect accompaniment when you're when yeah. you're listening to the if podcast. you got kids, I got a, a little kid's book called exactly. Mikey and the Dragons. Yep which is got pic bigger pictures in it. I got the way the warrior kid one and the way the warrior kid two, which is called Mark's mission. So those are out there. I think the warrior kid podcast and then my podcast is called Jocko podcast. If you want to hear about human nature through the lens of leadership, war and atrocity, check it out. Kind of took, took a left turn there. <laughs> well, thanks so much for doing this, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can have you back on someday and talk about more projects you're working on. Yeah, seriously. Let me know. Here I am. Hey, this part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving. If you like to shave, and you are a man or a woman, I mean, some some women are hairy. That's all right. That's okay. No judgment. But if you, uh, you're a guy that likes to shave and appreciates the finer things in life, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave. Um, that link helps support the show. And you could check out some of Douglas Smythe's amazing shaving soaps, aftershave colognes. You'll be blown away at all the stuff he has. Scents for days. He is like the Walter White of artisan soap making. He's got this lab basically there in, in Phoenix, Arizona, where he uh, creates his soaps and, and he cures them. It's an independent business. You're not giving your money to all those guys that are ripping everybody off with razors. Right now, you can get some wet shaving starter packs 
So it has everything you need to get started wet shaving. You know, you can get a sets that have the safety razor, the brush, the soap, the aftershave. Tons of great scents to pick from. I've mentioned before, one of my favorites is Tombstone. Also, they have Sundown, which is like a classic barbershop scent. Um, they've got uh, Cavendish, which smells like, like pipe tobacco, which is amazing. I tell you, I've been using this stuff, and I don't get any razor burn or razor bumps anymore this stuff is amazing especially the aftershave it just removes all irritation bumps redness it's like i've never looked so dapper in my life and that's thanks to phoenix shaving so go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave and stop being a slave to the cartridge razor shave all right um that was a great interview with Chaco. yeah yeah i had yeah, to was leave a, for that whole thing yeah i had to take off that he whole had thing. to go get some more whiskey in his coffee cup yep. yeah. yeah um i think uh you, you think uh, i think you got him a little riled up there with that thing about the 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 military always following orders <laughs> yeah yeah he got really close to the camera at one point <laughs> I, I kind of almost started to like I was like, oh, no. He's got a great uh, dramatic flair. For those of oh, you yeah. that want to see it, you can go on Patreon to watch the video of the interview. Or just check out some of, his, some, of his, some of his videos on, like, YouTube. I mean, he he's he, – Jocko's great. He's he's very, yeah, big are, personality. Are you intimidated still by him? What just happened? Jocko's He's a good guy. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's awesome. <laughs> Uh, are you saying every time that I wake up in the morning and I'd want to stay in bed, yeah. I picture that stoic face yes. with those cold blue eyes in the corner of the room I, uh, with his arms crossed, just shaking his head. I was telling you, I think, I think I'm pretty sure Marvel for the, um, for Thanos and infinity war. I'm pretty sure they just took Jocko and turned, turned him purple. Like I'm pretty sure that that was their design. Wow, that's, for, for, yeah. to look up a picture of Jocko and just imagine him purple. He's, he's Thanos. <laughs> Or just look at a picture of Thanos and imagine Jock him as Jock. Yeah, <laughs> imagine him white. <laughs> oh, man. If Thanos were white, white he would have totally been a Navy SEAL. <laughs> totally. Um, Snap his fingers. Did he, uh, while I was gone, did Jocko laugh ever during the interview? He did. He did laugh during the interview. At well, whose joke? I uh -oh. think he laughed at both things that we said but i i made him laugh with a story he laughed at my soft and pathetic body <laughs> <laughs> did you you really shouldn't have taken your shirt off did you do your good look cousin character for yeah. jocko I did, yeah. it didn't go over found his way back onto set <laughs> and we only had a certain amount of time with jocko and that was just like we were like well i guess we gotta fend you know fend for ourselves oh, here. man man Buzzkill, that guy. Buzzkill. Terrible. Hey, this month uh, we're giving away some uh, free stuff, right? Yes. You guys are fancy. Wow. Fan, 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 fan. We got a sponsor, Phoenix Shaving. We're very which, charitable. Uh, which we both use, which I'll give you some some product before you leave no there, Gilbert, if you want. Um, uh, we're giving away a uh, an aftershave, and it is called Malpay. Now, there's a story behind this. I was supposed to give it out last month. Yeah. <laughs> I scheduled the giveaway on a buffer, which for those of you who don't know, it's like you schedule your social media posts. Yes. 
And I guess I just like scheduled it like a month later than I thought it was supposed to be. And it never went up and I never paid attention. <laughs> That's where all our viewers <laughs> went. <laughs> so I'm sorry. So if you oh want to win this gosh. one, we're sweetening the pot. I'm also giving away uh, a corncob pipe from Aristocob.com. So, and you know. a Thunderbolt Magnum battery. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who can't see, which is everybody because you're listening to this. Gilbert just held up one of our batteries, Only which we the have best for the gentleman's we, club. We have about a dozen of, so you from, know, uh, good old Harbor Freight uh, <laughs> we'll quality. Be, and it, no, it's not only a battery; it's a used battery. <laughs> so you can put it into one of those little meters, and it'll tell you exactly how much is left. Uh, Donovan, yeah, maybe we should ask Gilbert how can people support the show? Oh, um, obviously by going to gentlemanscofflaw.com for. <laughs> nope. <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't go there. <laughs> don't I mean, go there. Or go, go to patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. There you go. You can support the show there. You can also yeah. buy some merch. We've got some uh, t shirts and whiskey flasks mugs. and mugs. And yeah. What kind of shirts you guys got? They're uh, t shirts. Classic. <laughs> Oh, Classic okay. t-shirts, <laughs> short, short how, sleeve shirts. How often do you get a brown t-shirt? Oh, is that and what it is? It's a brown, yes. it's a brown once, t-shirt with the logo on it. I once had a brown t-shirt that I never wore, but it was because it didn't have a Gentleman's Scofflaw logo on it. Was so. it because you wiped your butt with it? And- no. What? Okay, where's your, get your cousin back here. Yeah, Rochambeau, oh, what, you do back, what are you doing back here? My goodness. No, but that hey actually. Hey, guys, you're looking no, for me. No, no, no. Jordan, come back. You want me to no, uh, finish no, the show? No, thank you. No, thank you. No, okay. no, thank okay, you. Okay, uh, Gilbert, no. where can people find you if they want to get your. Uh, no, I want Jordan to ask me this question. Yeah, okay, not you. Uh, bon voyage. Okay, tabernacle. Bon voyage. Tabernacle. Sorry about that. What is your you're French Canadian? What does tabernacle mean? What does your cousin keep Tabernacle. Calling? Oh, that's um, that's a swear word. In French, uh, because they're all uh, they're all Catholics, it's like Tabernacle, right? Yeah, they're all Catholics, uh, and so their way of swearing is all stuff like against the church, like sacre bleu, like so they say damn Tabernacle. The sky. They yeah. say Costi, uh, which means communion wafer. Wow. They say what? um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, There's another one. They say this is another all- Catholic thing. Three more reasons not uh, to like your cousin. Yeah, the Trinity. Screw that. Oh my gosh. What, what's the what, what's the what's the thing called that they swing for the oh. incense? Oh, sure. I don't know what that's ah, called in potpourri. French. Potpourri. Yeah, potpourri. Let's move, uh, move on move from on that here, terrible guys. language. Just lost your whole Catholic audience, just oh, so you guys my know. Gosh. We'll get we'll get him back. <laughs> Wait till next week. Yeah. We'll get him we'll back. We'll have Pope Francis on. We'll get him back. He'll get on. I mean, after Jocko. Yeah. I mean, it's the next logical step is the Pope. Is the Pope. Yeah, of All course. Right. <laughs> right, Gilbert, yeah. if people want to find you, where where should they go? You can do that on the Instagrams at Gilbert's. And occasionally I'll do uh, some sidekicking to Bobby Lee and his girlfriend at the Tiger Belly podcast. That's a good podcast. Tiger Belly. Donovan, where can people find you? Uh, the streets. <laughs> wow. You almost thought of, you had to think about that. Yeah, uh, the streets. Guys. I deleted my Instagram. Not, I didn't delete the it's actual Instagram. I tagged you the other day. It's what around. are you talking about? I don't have it on my phone anymore. Mm. I got a new phone. I got to figure my life out. 
You I'll couldn't download an app? Ne- tune in next time. Maybe I'll have a Twitter. <laughs> right. Who knows? Or I'll, just keep, or I'll keep tying uh, messages to birds' legs and letting them just, you know, fly out. No. Very Game of Thrones of you. <laughs> As the raven flies, this tweet will get. Oh, no. You actually watch it. I've, I've seen. I, I've thrown. I've never seen you've it. Never, I know you've thrown. You've thrown it here at my house. <laughs> have you thrown? You've never thrown. No, I just thrown earlier. Oh, what? First of all, what is? Okay, we're talking two, about Game of Thrones. Two different right. wavelengths here. Have you ever watched Game of Thrones? I've never seen it. No. Wow, really? I probably should. I you don't have to. Maybe like one episode. Just um, watch uh, uh, Dragonheart. My brother had a great tweet that said, "I just finished watching Game of Boobs. I mean Thrones." Is it? That's a, that's a, that's a lit 2010 joke. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah I like it. It's great. Can you um, remix that joke? Can you remix it? Yeah, it should. I don't think it was. I don't, <laughs> think, it, joke I don't think it was the best of his uh, his tweets. But anyway. it's okay. We all we. All, I feel like everybody gets one. Everyone gets one. Yeah. All right, uh, Gilbert, you are a gentleman and a scofflaw, my friend. Yes, finally, Donovan. Didn't start with me. You are a gentleman and a scofflaw, my friend. You too. You guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river. We ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!